college football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned college And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's just week after week, this season has really, really paid off. Games that, you know, on paper were supposed to be blowouts, uh, weren't blowouts, Alabama, Texas A&M. I mean, there's a variety of these games. Oklahoma State and Texas Tech was really, really fun. Back and forth game. Looked like Texas Tech had a chance. Um, Tennessee just devoured LSU. Utah kept trying to fight back, but ultimately Ukula, UCLA, moves to being undefeated um, with, you know, quality wins in a row. A lot of good games to talk about. That TCU-Kansas game lived up to the hype, no doubt about it. Uh, um, Kansas State, Iowa State, that was just an ugly slowdown game. Lots of different stuff to talk about from week six. We'll start with recap, but then this next week is just full of great matchups and undefeated versus undefeated. Number three, Alabama versus number six, Tennessee. Number five, Michigan getting visited by number 10, Penn State. Number seven, USC traveling on the road as an underdog. We'll get to that later. Taking on Utah, Mississippi State, Kentucky, NC State, Syracuse. I mean, Oklahoma State, TCU, now it's up to four, I see. I mean, there is just a variety of – are we sure Oklahoma should be favored by nine? I mean, there's a lot to talk about here. Going to get into it in just a short little bit here. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope It Open. Download the show directly there. Listen to the browser. You can find this year College Ball Show under the Rope It Open Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker. Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. It is the best of live TV and on demand. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks, which is becoming harder and harder to find. If you decide to go with the choice, or ultimate package that gives you three free months of Showtime, Star, Cinemax, and Epics. That's a $160 value. The prices start for a limited time uh, as low as $49.99 for the first two months. That's direct TV stream. Okay, let's go ahead and bring in co-host Marshall. He uh, is coming off of Vegas weekend. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I actually feel pretty good um, due to some uh, poor drinking decisions. Uh, slept more Saturday and woke up a little rougher Sunday than I wanted. So I actually came back pretty rested. And as much as you have in cocktails, when you literally walk like 10 miles a day on the strip, yeah, I actually lost weight on the trip despite alcohol. It's a very weird uh, little uh, transfer fusion there, but I feel, I feel pretty good. And now it's back to, of course, you come home and I hit my first bet when I've, you know, when I return back. Of course, you get bad luck. Uh, when you're there, you know, just some regular stuff of Vegas, but overall it was a fun trip. Um, we all made the very stupid mistake in my group of betting 
the Broncos on the Thursday night football game and painfully and agonizingly watching that three and a half hour Iowa S college style football game. So I mean, if it was nineteen seventeen, that would have been a super exciting game, dude. I mean, honestly, the the Broncos offense or Iowa's offense, I don't know which is more painful to watch. And one has the guy who's won yeah, a Super Bowl true. and one that doesn't, but right. <laughs> it's bad. But for my uh, opening day um, college football point to make, um, and we continue, like you said, to have good weekends. Um, one pick we both agreed on. Uh, that we thought the spread was a little bit um, low, or at least I did. I believe my co-host backed me, was the Tennessee game. Um, this is a team, they had a lot of hype going into the year. There were some people backing them to maybe even give Georgia a run for their money in their part of the conference. And, man, I was literally walking to a different casino to place a bet on a soccer game, and as I checked my phone, it said, like, 7-0. And then the scores app, things were kind of switched, and I was like, 10-0, I'm like, okay, did the scores app have a typo or is it literally 10 zero within a couple of minutes? Uh, but Hey, um, if you're Tennessee, you're playing the best ball. You've probably played to start off your season in about oh, probably a decade or so. And you got Bama come up on tap. And if you're LSU, I can't imagine. Cause look, we we've known Chris that that's a very passionate fan base who, you know, they've had a pretty good run of success. Um, I mean, besides Bama and Clemson, they've been a, uh, one of the better teams to be a fan of in college football. I cannot imagine if we were to be either of us to be LSU fans and like reading their message boards, the, the, the Brian Kelly's got to go chat has to be hot and trending. So, Hey, tip the cap to Tennessee. You got Bam coming up. Good start for them. And man, if you're LSU, that Brian Kelly transformation from the raging Cajun coach. Oh, Ooh, that's gotta be a little tough. For those people down in Baton Rouge, my friend. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them wanted Coach O out last year, though, too. So sure, well, that's fair. Uh, well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not denying that, but for yeah. for the personality of who he was to the transformation of Brian Kelly, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's early though. I, I never like to comment too much in the first year, but oh yeah, no, no, I, I'm with you. But I'm sure the message boards are off the wall right now down there. <laughs> Bottom line is, it was an ass whip. It was. Like you said, it it was like seven zip before. Did they, did they just give them seven zip right away? Because it was like, damn, it's already seven zero. All right, here we go. Uh, but yeah, I had I was early on it. I had that uh, two two point five, you know, two and a half. Like I jumped on that shit real early. Um, and then let's talk a game that you know once again I didn't want to talk about. Uh, Bama. I guess I just don't want to lead with Bama having these huge point spreads, right? So it's Apple with sure. Texas, Apple with A and M. It doesn't matter who they trot out at quarterback. A and M is going to make that game a tight game. It's personal, obviously. Speaking of trotting someone out at quarterback, uh, you know, not having the the stud, uh, you know, high first round pick. Uh, next year, or is it two years? Is, was he a true freshman last year? No, he was a retro, right? Young? Who? Oh, uh, ooh, I, I'm not 100% I sure. I think he was a redshirt. Yeah, I think I think he's eligible this year. Anyway, um, once again, this game, yeah, A&M didn't pull off the upset or anything like that, but damn near did. And if that quarterback, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not crazy. 
not crazy about that exact play to, to end the game, but then again, you never really gave your wide receiver a chance to catch a touchdown because you threw it to where he wouldn't be in the end zone. So I really think it was more of the quarterback uh, not throwing the ball far enough. But it would have been a tough play because obviously the guy was draping all over him. Um, sure. But once again, that game's tight, and AM just finds a way to rally to make the game tight for Jimbo um, against Alabama. Yeah, you know – I, looking back, obviously, you can always feel foolish about bets and predictions, but as bad as their offense has been, it was really stupid for us not to bet and take that 24, just because even even before Jimbo was there, even looking back to, like, the Johnny Manziel years, like, A&M just has a way of paying, playing Bama close. Again, not always winning, but and, and Jimbo did beat, you know, Saban. But I, I think looking back, I'm like, you know, their offense hasn't been shit, but Teams get up for certain games, and this was one where, you know, you look back and you think, okay, the score is 24 to 20. Like, none of this sounds illogical, uh, but you're like, wow, Vegas was giving you 24 points with A&M. It's like, you know, it's like, damn, we we really just kind of let that one slide, and I'm sure a lot of other people bet it. And, you, I mean, if you bet that game, you weren't even in – there was no worries at all. That that thing was a, a cash ticket by about yeah, start of third quarter. Maybe with Young anyway. You know what I mean? It's not like it was guaranteed yeah. he was going to start, too. So, yeah, you're right. Looking back, um, it wasn't. So, and, and maybe, just maybe, either this is a combination of Bama's secondary, which was getting exposed early in that Texas game, it still has some issues, or maybe that King kid is getting better. But that A&M stat line for their quarterback has been atrocious all season. He was 25 out of 46 for 253. So, if you are kind of correlated to what we've just been talking about, a Tennessee fan, their quarterback is 10 times better than King. So I, I really think, Chris, that just moving forward as the season goes on, this Bama secondary is something that normally is really touted and pretty good. A, a good Bama secondary doesn't allow this kid who was struggling to literally throw for, I mean, even uh, 150, 180 yards some games. Um, I think this Bama secondary has issues when they're facing talented quarterbacks. They just haven't faced this many yet this year, but I think for once Saban doesn't have quite the typical maybe back seven loaded up Arsenal skill set that he normally does. Yeah, I think overall you could probably say that, you know, um, wide receiver-wise as well. Um, the one thing they were able to do, and it probably wasn't a shocker as far as wanting to do it once they uh, trotted out the, the backup young quarterback, is run the ball. I mean, 51 carries, 286, 5.6 the clip. Kind of funny, no touchdowns, though, um, as far as rushing touchdowns, which is a little like, oh, really? Um, so that's that's really kind of what won the game there. Obviously, the defensive stand, you know, stance at the end technically won it, but they, they just ran the ball out of the butt, and uh, they got the job done. They de- they definitely got the job done, like you said. At Tennessee, just you know, reigned supreme over LSU, who had just got into the rankings. Um, let's slide over to the Big Twelve, which has been really fun this year. Every week, uh, for a couple weeks now, it seems like there's a big ass game, if not two of them, in the Big Twelve. This one, TCU did manage just back and forth, thirty-eight to thirty-one. Really, really fun game to watch. Obviously, Daniels got hurt. 
the backup beyond that crazy, I don't know where the hell he was throwing that pass, did really well. Uh, Dugan and company, though, um, got the job done, 38-31. Dugan, you know, three touchdowns, 308, had some rushing yards as well. This one lived up to the hype, and it was just a, a score fest. Really, really fun, fun game to watch. It was odd, though, because in the first half, it was 10-3. to 3. And then you're thinking yeah, you're right. that. That's true. 21 <clears throat> points apiece. 21 to 21 in the third, dude. Yeah, and every other quarter was either 14, 10, and 3. So I'm not sure what led to the explosion. Um, but hey, if you're TCU, man, your your season just gets better and better. You're in, you're in the running for obviously a Big 12 title. And not that Kansas is out of either because Kansas, if they beat Oklahoma this week, you know, they're staying right up top there. Um, but yeah, it was, it's a weird game because it was a defensive battle. And then Daniels for the starting quarterback for Kansas got hurt. They bring in a backup whose career numbers were pretty garbage ugly. And he starts chucking it. And then TCU's chucking it back and all of a sudden, but then come fourth quarter again, you only, both teams only scored once. So it was a, a very weird game of momentum. It's like both teams fed off each other defensively. And then, okay, let's go sling it around. Okay. Now we're back to playing defense. Um, but hey, if you're Kansas, like your your zero had to go away eventually, but you lost to a team who's still has a zero next to them. Uh, and for TCU, this has to feel like just such a fresh breath, of clean air. You know, Patterson, as we've talked about last few shows, his time kind of ran out there. You bring in a coach from literally across the Metroplex. He's got the guys rolling, and you're five and zero. Oh, you're looking good, and. I just, I, it's just surprising, Chris. I, I, you, I would have been really surprised if you told me that um, seven weeks ago that TC would have played Kansas and there would be a combined one loss among those two teams at that point in the season. So even though Kansas lost, you're still playing with a ton of house money. If you're TCU, I mean, someone's got to be able to beat you. And although that defense is, I would say, pretty shitty, their offense is looking good and they've been able to outscore their opponents in uh, some fun, really fun games. Their offense is looking phenomenal, and that is the funny part about, like you said, I mean, not that I thought they'd come in this year and play bad on offense or anything like sure. that. Sure. But if you, you know, knowing TCU and when they did have that run, um, you know, several years ago now, under the old coach, I mean, defense. Oh, Patterson was all defense, 100%. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it, it is pretty funny that they're doing it this way, and it kind of matches what league they're in, I suppose. But um, yeah, that that was a really fun game, and you kind of do forget that it, it took a while for the scoring to get going. But it was just wide receiver play after wide receiver play. I mean, catch here, beautiful catch there at the end of the end zone. Did he catch it? Yeah, he caught it. You know, a lot of close catches there. Really, really fun. Let's keep it in the Big Twelve. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, um, really fun game to watch. It was 24-20 to 20 at half. Texas Tech was up, um, and then it, they were actually up 31-23, to 23, kind of sharing some punts, and then it was uh, Oklahoma State tied the game 31-31, and Texas Tech pretty much fell apart after that. Next possession, they had the ball, three plays, interception. Three and out, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. I mean, any of those could have won the game or tied it, obviously. Um, 
They were able to run in past Texas Tech. A good scrappy team, but Sanders and company, you know, make it enough plays. Uh, you know, because last year their defense was way better in really the last few years. Whereas before that, it was mostly all offense there at Oklahoma State. It kind of feels that way that it's there now. But got to give them credit. Now they're in a big game. We just talked about TCU and Oklahoma State now back-to-back, and, and we know that's a big game coming up. But, um, you know, Oklahoma State had a great uh, year last year along with Baylor. They ended up, you know, losing that to, to Baylor, I think, in the finals. But um, a fun game that Texas Tech probably should have won. And it's funny, I was just telling you, Right before kickoff, I saw that plus 11 and a half, and I couldn't get that. I ended up getting 10 and a half, so got super lucky with the seven and a half with Kansas. Obviously losing by seven, and in this one, I got it plus 10 and a half, and they lose by 10. Um, but Texas Tech definitely had their chances to win that game. Yeah, and if you look at their season, they've literally had a, a pretty, actually a pretty hard schedule overall. And they've not played bad once. So, and I know this has kind of been their MO for a long ass time, but I would say they're trending in the right direction. And maybe they finally have found a coach again. I know after Kingsbury left, they kind of had a rough patch there, but I think the team is showing gradual process and or pr- progress. And sometimes you can't always tell that by wins and losses, but I think that, I mean, we've literally talked about them almost every week and they have some wins. And like, I feel they've not had that cakewalk game yet. So, um, hey, they're trending up in the right direction. And if you're Oklahoma State, um, that's a game you just kind of had to have because you're literally – everyone in the Big 12 has a chance to win the title this year. So you can't afford to slip up on those ones that even though it was a close spread, you got to win. Like, um, hey, if, if you're Gundy, I mean, I, I would I could only imagine how much you would love to win the Big 12 the year before Oklahoma leaves. Like, that would kind of be a nice little – slap in the face of the older brother rival that's kind of owned you for a long time. So, um, hey, the, the Big 12 is going to be a fun battle down to the end of the year. Um, but, yeah, if you're Texas Tech, you're making progress in your Oak State. That was one, you, well, not you had to have because it is a wide-open division, but um, a, a nice win and a little bit of a higher scoring effort because, as we saw against Baylor last week, it was a little more of a, a special teams play and some um, kind of a lower scoring game. Yeah, yeah, they are uh, on the up and up. I wouldn't really say they were two up before that, though. We all know Kingsbury's uh, was a great offensive mind, but as far as an overall coach at college level in an offensive league, where he was, his best record was eight and five in the bowl game. Otherwise, he had one, two, three, four out of the six losing records. Um, so you're right, they're on the up and up, but. Uh, Speaking of on the up and up, Ukula, UCLA, um, just keeps grinding, keeps winning. Uh, they, you know, they had a, they jumped all over Washington. Then Washington kind of made their way back in the game, and, and they they closed them out. Um, like it, it, it's kind of played out in a very similar fashion these last three weeks, um, and or last two weeks, I should say. The only team that, well, the team that was the closest to them was uh, South Alabama, actually, 32-31. to 31. They ended up having to get by them. But if you look at the score, 40-32, to 32, 
and then 42 to 32. Um, I got to give credit, you know, where credit's due. The Bruins are looking pretty damn good. Um, like phenomenal, you know, 203 yards rushing. Get that, that running backs are stud. We knew going in late, you know, into this year that that Thompson Robinson QB was already, you know, a damn good player. He made plenty of great plays over the years. And it seems like they're putting it all together. And, and, you know, there was times when it was, you know, 28, 25. I thought, okay, here we go. Here we go. And boom, two plays later, 61 yards. It's 35 to 25. Then it's a fumble. Then it's one play touchdown. Turnover on downs. Like they kept trying and trying to get back in that game. But credit to Ukula for not allowing it to happen. And I just, I mean, it's crazy that they were able to put 203 on them at 5.3 a clip. And their starting running back, I mean, that was based it. 22, 198, 9 per carry. That's the biggest shocker in this one. Yeah, um, it's one thing for, like, teams to have, like, big plays. But you can almost kind of sense when it's like a skill set guy made, especially on offense, where the defense was just like freaking in like la la land. And that was not the best defensive prepped game for UCLA because, again, I, I bet Utah, and I can own up if a team makes good plays, but I mean, they were just gashing them. And you've seen these runs where there's no one in the picture. And again, Utah is probably the most reliable dependable program in the Pac-12 for the past 10 years. And you literally don't see them get embarrassed quite like that. Now, you could say, okay, last year when they played Ohio State in the bowl game, like Ohio State kind of ragdolled them. But that's Ohio State, you know. So to to see them lose a conference game and have so many mistakes, and they only lose by 10, um, that one was tough. But I think I'm realizing a trend, too, of I'm not going to trust U.S. US um, thing. I'm getting my... California schools, man. I'm not going to trust Utah as much anymore because USC's got a quarterback. UCLA's got a quarterback. Bo Nix is okay. But this rising guy, he had two crucial picks in the game against Florida, and he had some a couple of plays that you got to step up and make the plays uh, against UCLA, and he, he had a, a, a really hurtful pick in that game too. So I think that this is, of, of the teams who are contending for a Pac-12 title, they probably have the worst quarterback, and that really could be the difference, Chris, of how many more close games Utah wins against ranked opponents because I, I just – rising isn't quite the um, quarterback of the three teams who are in contention with him. Yeah, that that, that kind of lines up. Um, NC State snuck out that win at home 19-17 to over a feisty Florida State team. That could have went either way down the stretch. Um, Kansas State, that was like lingering like one and a half for a long time down the stretch of uh, of the week before kickoff. They win by 1.10 to 9. There was an upset, Arizona State upset Washington. Kind of makes you go, hmm, wonder how actually good they are. Um, and I got to say, BYU Notre Dame, um, you know, good game, fun game, and all that. But this new quarterback that they got, um, he's 
this true, what is it, pin? I forgot to say how to say his last name. But they're starting to, I mean, we're starting to see some progress there. Really are. 24 of uh, 34 after 289 and three touchdowns the game before. This one played a pretty clean game. Notre Dame looks like they got a, a pretty good quarterback. Uh, but not a huge surprise. It was kind of a close to a pick game. Notre Dame gets the job done against BYU. Um, any other games, especially inside the top 25, that stand out to you? I know we're going to talk USC here in a second. Um, aside from that, sometimes, you know, just pay attention to point spreads and quarterback injuries. Um, the quarterback injuries were very apparent in Arkansas and Mississippi State. Yeah. Like yeah. we said last week, that line opened at nine, and without KJ Jefferson, they were never in the game. They got down twenty-one-zero pretty damn quick. And again, if Arkansas has their star quarterback in, that's a different story. Same with Kentucky. Um, the yeah. word must leaked out because I was listening to my uh, Vegas uh, station, and they said that that spread opened around like South Carolina plus twelve and a half. And it finished around South Carolina plus four and a half. So it almost went down eight points and it went from like 12 to about eight or nine before Kentucky officially announced Levis was out. So that sometimes comes down to the gambling deal about how, you know, well, when you hear something, okay, well, I think the guy's out. So, you know, the points for is going to drop, but then Kentucky loses to South Carolina 24 to 14. Um, so not only did your points spread drop eight points, you also you also lost the game by ten. But to wrap up this brief little discussion, I also go to show you how important college quarterbacks are to their teams. Now we were talking before the show about how NFL like the game is played, and when a, a quarterback gets hurt, you know the game's less of a product. But for the most part, there's some NFL teams have like a respectable veteran backup. A lot of these colleges, Chris, especially the ranked ones. They they literally can, you know, a majority of the ranked teams who are in college football right now are not going to lose their quarterback in the season. And a backup quarterback in college is sometimes a kid that literally comes off the bench who's maybe started uh, in the fourth quarter of a blowout, you know. So the the difference of an NFL star being hurt and going to a backup is probably not even close to what a college kid is because I think that Kentucky backup had had, like, maybe like 15 career passes and like literally had done nothing. And then you have to go in there. And even though you're the favorite at home, like, dude, uh, you're playing in, you're playing in conference, you know, South Carolina is not a, a joke of a team and boom, you lose. And again, Arkansas, their backup quarterbacks really just kind of a runner who kind of throws and boom, you get smacked. So if you ever hear the news about a starting quarterback is out and you're, especially if you're betting in college football, do your research on the backup and who he's, and who's coming in because games can really get twisted around or be non-competitive at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I found that out with that Arkansas game, too, plus 11. I was smiling. I wasn't smiling anymore. Um, but you're right. Uh, I mean, I guess, what, Kansas? Well, I guess Texas A&M had one, but you're right for the most part. Um I think it's kind of the combination of, well, they don't have three preseason games. Um, sure. You know, and also the transfer portal. Now, if you're an if you're a junior or senior and you're not starting, you're probably going to go someplace to try to start. So um, sometimes guys that 
could be in the system for four years and they've had, you know, three different spring camps to throw the ball around and some uh, garbage time here and there over the couple of years. They've been in the system for three years. That helps. And, and, and I think the, the transfer portal does, uh, you know, does play into that, no doubt about it. Um, that Houston-Memphis game, I thought Memphis was going to win for sure. Houston pulls it off. That was the Friday night game, 33-21, uh, sorry, 33-32 in dramatic fashion. Uh, that was one of the funner games uh, of the week, especially on that Friday. It's funny, they basically kind of moved off a of Thursday for obvious reasons, um, you know, because of the NFL. But some of their – I mean, there's a fair amount of good-ass action on Friday nights, I'll say that. Um, I definitely enjoyed – I usually work on Fridays, but uh, I'll you know I'll just record a game and come home and watch it. And a lot of times it won't even be on um, at work; or it'll be on a different TV. Uh, Purdue, Maryland, another uh, nice uh, win there, thirty-one twenty-nine. Snuck that out. Um, so there was a there was some really fun games, uh, you know, to 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 watch that maybe aren't the most uh, meaningful games. Um, but yeah, oh another one, uh, Oregon State Stanford. But the, what they're speaking of backup quarterback, with their backup quarterback, that shit was crazy how that ended. That was like at the very end of the night. But yeah, overall, really really fun week college football. And with that being said, this upcoming week could, on paper, probably is the best set of matchups we've seen all year. And I know, like week two and week or week three, I think was like the the best on paper week so far. That's getting trumped because this week you have ten verse five, you have um, three verse six and eight verse thirteen and fifteen verse eighteen. Like I mean, sixteen verse twenty two, seven against twenty. That you have, and I believe the second time in over sixty years. Where you have three ranked games of teams who are all five and zero or better. Like normally by this year in college football, your undefeated teams are maybe like some random ass college and a couple of like maybe um, Alabamas and Georgias. Right. But no, you have six games, Chris, where and these teams are all six teams who are all ranked, all playing against each other. I mean, on paper, this weekend looks like it's going to be a tremendous, tremendous weekend, and. Even though the guy likes to talk a lot, but uh, Gus Johnson, my guy, with his buddy Joel Klatt, who enjoys hearing himself talk. Um, I mean, that's one of the best ones. Penn State travels to Michigan. Um, Michigan is a seven-point favorite, and I will say, we finally get to see what kind of team this Michigan team is. Now, last year, you beat Ohio State, you kind of knocked down your bully, Um but the, it's it come, it's going to be really hard to predict this game simply because of the fact Michigan has really beat no one. Now, they could still be the great team they were last year, but you beat Colorado State, who is a top top um, a top ten worst team in football. Hawaii is also a top ten worst team in football. UConn is trash. Maryland's okay. Iowa's offense is trash, and Indiana's trash. So, if you're going to bet this game, Chris, I wish you good luck. But again, Michigan could be good. Or they could be regressing, but we can't tell because they've played no one competitive yet. Meanwhile, Penn State has had 
a little bit of better competition. I mean, they've played a slightly tougher schedule. They, I mean, oh, just, well, I mean, I guess you played Auburn and Northwood. Good God. Okay. What, what's your gut say? Because if you look at prior yeah, stats Western this season. was a monsoon, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. so it, it, it is a low-scoring one. They got, a, but, they got a, a nice win down the like in the last minute and a half or something like that against So I, I would just say this would be a fun one to enjoy where you can truly assess both teams. I will say that Michigan has been playing solid defense and running the football like crazy. That's what Harbaugh has been trying to do since he's been there. He's established that. If you're Penn State, you have a – your running back is one of the – for his – uh, draft class for when he came to college football, he was rated the best running back in college football. So we have a, and Penn State's quarterback is okay. Their defense has been, again, okay this year, but haven't really been tested. So do you have a lean either way? Because in a game like this, I want to sit back, enjoy, and watch and figure out which of these teams is really a better squad because neither have really been pushed to the limits yet this season. I am shocked that we didn't start with Alabama, Tennessee. You know, I'm being that contradicted. And also, this will be the best game of the year now that I've said that. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, the biggest difference is, like, Penn State's running the you-know-what on the you-know-what, too. Um, the biggest difference is kind of the pass defense um, at, of Penn State, giving up 262, you know, a week compared to 165, I mean, 100 yards through the air gap, that's pretty major. Now, some of it is, you know, who have they played to be able to throw the ball on them? Uh, that, that does play into it, no doubt about it. But really, the only good offense was Purdue. They can throw that thing around, uh, as we know, but they've had time to kind of shrink that um, average a little bit. And, and so I guess, but, but saying that, right, Ken, you know, J.J. McCarthy, take advantage of that. You know, both of them are going to go off play action. I like Clifford a little more than you do. He's a he's a very good college quarterback. I'm not saying that I want the Vikes to draft him and he's a great quarterback and all that. I think this is his ninth year. No, it's his sixth year. Um, <laughs> this, it, it got down to, I think it was, I think it was seven and a half, half and then it went to six and a half, and now it's back to seven. So, I actually do, yeah, I wouldn't say comfortable, like you said, not touching it. Um, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable uh, going plus seven. But if I had to, which I do on a weekly basis on the Grueling Truth, I do a predictions uh, blog, so I have to pick them. Um, I would go plus seven here with Michigan winning because uh, both of them can run the shit out of the ball. Obviously, the home field. Um, yeah, this is good. This is a really – I'm looking forward to this game and, and seeing where both these at because, like you said, Michigan – I mean, they had, what, two different games where it was close? Um, obviously, the Maryland game, it was really close. Did they have a closer game? No, I'm tripping. It was just that Maryland. That was a close game. But, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll think Michigan's going to win. But I, I like that plus seven because I think it will be under that. Um, and then after that, um, as my co-host did say, there another one of the ranked matchups is two thirty. Oh, oh! If I had to, I would. Um, I we would do, bet the. That's what we do here, pal. 
I'd bet the under. I would take under 51 and a half. Both of these teams, yeah, the, the, their style of play really is more of a, a run and control the ground type of game. So I would bet under 51 and a half because Michigan plays solid defense. I don't think Penn State's going to go crazy and score on. Yeah, I, I would take under 51 and a half. So I would avoid the point spread and I would take the under bet. Um, for the winner, I'll, I'll take Michigan just because I never like to pick Penn State for any picks, but I would bet the under. Um, with that being said, the next game is that that one's at 11, and by the time that one is done and Michigan wins like 20 to 13, um, Tuscaloosa is going to roll up to Tennessee in what should be so far probably the, the game of the year on paper with the rankings. And Alabama goes into Tennessee. Alabama's, as of right now, a seven-point favorite on ESPN. Maybe that could fluctuate between a six-and-a-half to an eight. I'm sure that will bounce up and down a little bit. And the over-under, Chris, is 65-and-a-half. And if I was to touch this one, I'd look at the over because Tennessee's defense, again, is still a work in progress. But as we mentioned also, um, Bama's secondary got lit up by Texas in that first quarter when Ewers was playing. And that A&M kid threw for 250-plus yards on him last week, and that guy has struggled against some very poor teams. So I think this game is going to be a very fun up-and-down battle. Obviously, if you're going to bet this or cheer for this or make a pick with friends, the Alabama quarterback status matters, my friend, because him being in or out is a huge difference for – well, not a huge difference. I mean, they've been winning, but – Yeah, he just – he he is more again the the drop off of a starter who you know Heisman contender compared to a backup who's athletic and can run the ball really well it doesn't have quite the same passing. Um, I'm gonna take Hooker and Tennessee with the points. I'm gonna I'm gonna say they pull off an upset. I think Bama has skated by. They've had a lot of close games this year, more close than they normally do. And even though I'm sure this pick will massively go wrong, I'm taking Tennessee to win the game. Beat Bama for the first – well, I don't think they beat them since Kiffin was there, and Kiffin made it close, but he even came up a field goal short. I'll take Tennessee with an upset so, to knock so out Bama. Kiffin in a game they didn't win. That's what you just got done telling me. Oh, you, 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 Kiffin, and they didn't even win that time. Oh, he made it close. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it has been since 2005 or something. Um, and Tennessee's been in their fair share. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they whooped on LSU, but Florida – that was a competitive game. Pittsburgh, they went to overtime. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, this thing comes down to young playing. I, I really sure. think that because I don't believe the, I think true freshman, really young guy is going to be able to exploit that pass defense. Like you said, giving up 307 is a whole lot. And it's not like, They've been playing a but like what offenses have they been playing? It's, I mean, it's, oh, it's well, not what they were last year. No, Florida's pretty good. You know what I mean? So that it sh- maybe it shouldn't be that high, um, but it is. Now they pass a lot more in that offense. Obviously, you look at you know just yards passing two forty six to three forty. But the good thing is Tennessee. You say okay two two fifty seven rushing right for Alabama. Yeah, but Tennessee's over 200, so they can run the you-know-what on the ball, too. This is, you know, right now it is tough to pick because we don't know if Young's going to play. Um, I feel like the spread 
What's the spread tell you about Young playing? If they knew Young was playing, like if he played last week and it wouldn't have been as tight a game, let's say, do you think the spread would be like this? Or do you I, think it would be like 10 or 12? I think, I think yeah, speaking of how quarterbacks determine spreads, I think the spread is telling you Young is going to play. I think if Young was for sure out, I think the spread would be, um, and I'm not saying Tennessee would be favored, but I think the spread would be closer to a Bama minus three or four. I think the spread from Vegas is saying, yeah, Young's going to gut it out and play or be healthy or what, you know, whatever verbiage you want to use. But yeah, I believe that's telling you, you can buy bet on Bryce Young to be out there. Tickets as low as $340. That's when you know you got yourself a ball game. No doubt. I like Alabama to win um, as long as Young's playing. But I'm looking at that plus seven, and I do feel pretty good about it. I I would have felt better had I gotten the plus eight, though, that it opened at. Um, Sure. A little pissed off that I didn't do that. I may – you know, my bookie didn't get to plus eight or whatever. But, yeah, I really wish I would have jumped on that plus eight. Um, But I still like – I think it's going to be a tight-ass game. I like Bama to win. But I, I do think uh, that plus seven seems like it's it's, it's definitely more than, than worthy. Um, <laughs> I mean, this, 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 this week is just so phenomenal. And there's, like, layers of other good games that are really interesting that we're going to talk about in a short little bit, too. But let's talk about this one. Oklahoma State, number eight in the country, 5-0, and visiting number 13, TCU, 5-0 and as well. Big, big game. Um, kind of similar um, quarterbacks in as far as what they want to accomplish um, in, in their style of play. It's funny because both, both of them give up right around 24 points. They both score 46. Like, when you go down the line, it's pretty lined up. Like, you say, oh, man, TCU's giving up a lot of passes. Well, you know, Oklahoma State's giving up 304 as well. Now, who have they played? You know, that helps to add to that. They just got off Texas Tech. They, they passed a lot. So some of these early stats are starting to come back to earth. Or they're popping up because you actually had to play someone that can pass the you know what on the ball, but you know I guess the biggest difference is running. You know, neither team is great at stopping the run, and as far as running back, you know both of them have a quarterback and running backs that can you know ground and pound. But two thirty to one fifty eight is a pretty large gap there, and you know I'll say this though. If you look at TCU now that we know what Oklahoma is, um, prior to this Kansas game, their closest game was SMU, who's a, who's a good program and all that. But are we kind of, you know, jumping on TCU a little too much? They are the four-point favorite at home. I don't think there's anything wrong with that spread. Um, I don't know. It, you know, I'm like, man, it feels like, I'm not saying Oklahoma State played a bunch of killers either. The last two weeks, they played some pretty good teams. Baylor's all right. They're not the team they were last year. We talked about Texas Tech. It's an even pick'em type game, and I want to say TCU. That's who I'm going to pick on the uh, on the show. But I'm just wondering, like, man, we went over that Oklahoma State and how Texas Tech the last like five possessions messed up. 
every time. Whether it was a three and out or a fumble or a turnover on downs, they could have lost that game is what I'm saying. Now, you could make the argument, well, if Daniels stayed in, well, maybe they, you know, Kansas would have beat him. You could always say that, too. I just like the good vibes that TCU's got going. They're at home. Um, I like the quarterback a little bit better, Dugan. I'm going to go TCU. Yeah, I'm going to join you. I, I don't know if I can pick Spencer Sanders to win a game on the road. Um, I'm still traumatized from that Big 12 title game last year, I won't lie. Um, but I, I do think that Oak State has the better defense. This TCU secondary has holes, but I, I, I'm going to take a team with a better offense and a home field advantage just to barely squeak it out. I think the sprint point spread is dead on. And I'll, I'll say Oklahoma State, this is another, this is another tough game. They, they've literally had a, a pretty brutal schedule here. I know the Big 12 has kind of been beating up on every, on each other, kind of back and forth here, Chris, but you had Baylor, you had a tough one with Texas Tech. Um, TCU's, I, I just, I'm with you. I'm just kind of feeling and trending their direction. I, I think that they'll, they'll outscore them. Um, just, I, I'm, I'm going to go like 32 to 28. I'll think I'll take TCU to win. Um, I just can't take Saunders on the road, and yeah, that's I won't repeat myself anymore. I'll take Horn Frogs. All right, let's go to another big matchup, number seven, USC, the USC Trojans visit Utah, who's four and two now. That game last week, uh, fairly even match. I'll say this: like Utah's running. Uh, giving up, you know, rush yards allowed went way up <laughs> this last week. Now it's at 136, but, you know, you're looking at the defense of USC. They're giving up a buck 52. Um, we know Oregon State like to run the ball, um, but in, in Washington State was in that game a whole lot. There was a lot of uh, punting going on in that game, both sides, and then, you know, USC made enough plays to get up and then win the game eventually. Now, according to ESPN, oh, wow, they they changed it, dude. According to ESPN Analytics, what the hell? When was they're going to change it mid-season? Wow. Okay, according to ESPN Analytics, um, Utah, and according to Vegas, Utah sixty-one point seven chance to win compared to 38.3 and they're the three and a half point favorite at home after just getting punched in the face a couple times they tried to get back up and UCLA just kicked them back down not able to get the job done what says you about this one because uh I know Utah's tough at home and all that, but it just it doesn't feel like they're the same squad we've seen. We kind of just went into you went into that, you know, nice layers there of of the Pac-12 and quarterbacks and all that. Is that what this game just comes down to? They got a smarter, better playmaking when shit goes wrong quarterback. They got a better quarterback. Coaches, I'm not going to say who's better because I, I respect the hell out of Whittingham. And their defense forces turnovers. USC in like the first four games this year was like a plus 13 on the turnover margin. I think their fifth game leader, they finally had turnovers. They've been forcing turnovers. They have kind of a, 
their defense swarms and attacks. I and again from and I, I'm sure Utah will balance back from that beatdown. But again, that wasn't just a beatdown. That was a lot of mistakes. And that wasn't like a game that Utah should have just like looked past USC for. That was a ranked on ranked game. So after the way they played and the, the mistakes that Rising has made against Florida and UCLA, I got to take USC. I hope their miracle run continues here. But, yeah, better quarterback, better offense, better defense. Uh, fight on. I'll take USC for miracle sure, plus three and a half. Huh? Miracle run. Well, I, they're undefeated. This is the best year USC's had since, like, Pete Carroll. A miracle? I mean, well, if, if, if you keep staying undefeated and you go, and you go, to, the, and you go to the college football playoff, I'll be happy. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm with yeah, I just I think that it comes down to quarterback. I'm not impressed with USC's defense per se. They are playmaking. Um, well, that one dude got three sacks and stuff like that, but not totally impressed with their defense. But then again, can't sit there and act like like we said that the Utah defense is like the normal Utah defense. Mississippi State is favored by four against Kentucky. Kentucky's kind of you know struggling right now. Um, Here's an interesting find question. out who's playing quarterback. Exactly, and, and, and it's funny. I was just about to go to another one of those. NC State and Syracuse. Syracuse three and a half points in the dome, which they usually play pretty good there. They somehow, some way, beat Purdue um, earlier in the season. NC State, that Leary dude might not play, and the backup looks like he can run. And they're going to run a whole lot, but they might not be able to do much more than that. So that does kind of make me think, hmm, I wonder. Um, but it but it is a good matchup, NC State-Syracuse. I like Syracuse as long as oh boy's not playing. Um, and I do mean Leary for NC State. Otherwise, I like NC State to win that game. Clemson at Florida State, three and a half points. Now, we just talked about is Clemson – like on their way to being, hey, we got a we got an offense that could put up points, and we're not just depending on making a couple of plays here and there in offense, but mostly defense. Can they get the job done um, on the road at Clemson, or I mean, sorry, at Florida State in Tallahassee, three and a half? What do you think about that point spread? You feel confident they can win by four? What says you? Um. I think that Florida State still has like a lot of holes in the their team that they're slowly like filling up. Like that, that this team has had issues for about a decade, but they keep making progress. Um, but until someone finds a way to beat the team who wears orange and purple jerseys, I will take Florida State not to cover. I'll say it that way. Okay, and it, it, not a decade because they won it nine. Or, Oh, okay, okay. It's it's been a minute, but yeah, you're right. Florida State. I hate Florida sure. State, but I'm not ready to do that. And it basically has been their offense. Yeah. Ever since their offensive line fell apart, man, they have their quarterback after quarterback has getting beat up. I like Clemson to win that game. I think they'll win that game. Yeah. Two more. I mean, we're we're not even in the we're in the second layer. We're in the tier two. But do we we haven't even we're in the top 25 still. Two games I want to talk about real quick. My Gophers 
licking their wounds on a, you know, had a bye week last week, heading to Illinois, Champaign. Six and a half point favorites on the road. They It opened at three and a half, went up to six and a half. Um, it sounds like the quarterback might not play a wide receiver who's pretty damn good. Sophomore not going to play. Uh, like four dudes, two of them on uh, two more starters on defense, all went out of that Iowa game. I have to admit, I went after that plus six and a half. I looked a little bit more into it and thought, oh wait, the quarterback might not be able to be back. Um, but I did jump on that plus six and a half just because I had to. Um, it just felt right, and I love. At times, I do this with my teams to where, okay, you know, fine if they win the game. I'm just happy. You know, I'll, I'll lose 50 bucks or something like that. That's fine. This is one of the weeks where I'm looking at that plus 6.5, and, it, and it's hung in there. I didn't think it would go any higher. Maybe it would go a little higher if they find out for sure on Friday that he's not going to play. That could be it. So that's one of them. And then point spread-wise against the spread-wise, it's not – well, it's 16.5. I've seen it at 17. Texas. I think they'll beat Iowa State. But are they going to beat them by 17 points? That I wonder. That I wonder. I, this, I think this Iowa State offense is atrocious. I mean, the, it, they came in and put up points, and they only gave up 10 to them. So they've scored nine points against K-State. They scored 11 against Kansas, and they scored 24 against Bit. Jesus, seven against – yeah, God. I, I'm not looking at it from an offensive perspective per se. But yeah. They've but, been in but, those, all those games they've been in, though. True. But Texas has Texas actually has been scoring this year, especially if Ewers is back. Uh, I, I I think that point spread's pretty accurate. I think that, yeah, God, I can't. No, I can't take Iowa State. Um, yeah, I, I, I would – I would take Kansas or pass. I just think that Iowa State offense, whatever it is, you're going to have – If Texas is probably going to score. You came in there averaging how many points? They only could put up 14. True. That was at Iowa State, though. Now you got to go to Texas, which, again, definitely not a, a, a horns-up guy. I just – I just, uh, yeah, the, when, you're, when, you, when you've been averaging about 13 points a game your last three weeks and you're playing a Texas team who has literally been averaging close to 40 a game, I just think that's too much, and I think the spread is warranted. So I, I would, I won't bet Texas. But if I was to bet the game, I would take Texas to cover by the sixteen and a half, just because I think they'll, they're going to be able to score too much in Iowa State, and I don't think Iowa State finds a way to slow them down. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's a little too wide, uh, in my opinion. But you know. Oh, and I would definitely, and I would definitely take your Gophers because I, I painfully watched Illinois' backup quarterback. Um, painfully try to move the ball and not cover a spread, which is very frustrating for multiple reasons. Um, but if DeVito, the starting quarterback for Illinois, is not back, I, I like your Gophers to cover that one by a touchdown because that Illinois offense with their, their, I guess, starting quarterback out, I was about to say stud, I don't know, he's okay. But starting quarterback out, wide receiver out, uh, the Gophers are probably pissed off. They had that really bad look against Purdue. Um, I think all the angles are pointing towards your Gophers covering, and I would back that. Maybe if the quarterback came back, uh, you could look at Illinois. But for my opinion, I'll take your Gophers to come out strong after, again, 
probably reamed for a week and you got an advantage on offense and defense, I'll, I'll take him in that situation. They were having to row the boat the whole bye week. Um, Washington State, Oregon State, Oregon State at home, three and a half points. I think that'll be a really uh, fun game. I think Memphis is going to upset East Carolina, or yeah, East Carolina. Their five-point favorite is East Carolina. I'm going to pick Memphis as the upset of the week. Um, any other games you you'd like to uh, touch upon here, sir? Uh, I mean, I th- I think we summed up all. I mean, the, the fact that we have like six ranked games on three of them are all of uh, matchups of undefeated against undefeated. I, I think we hit all the main ones. That that's that alone should be a really impressive slate. Like normally, Wisconsin Sparty be a game to break down, but this year yeah. it it doesn't deserve that street cred for sure. And normally LSU Florida would be almost an automatic breakdown and discuss, but. Actually, just for the hell of it, for 10 seconds, Florida's minus two and a half. I mean, LSU has been, they've been, they've, they got embarrassed by Tennessee. So I guess you could say they'd bounce back. And Florida's offense is, ah, God, I don't touch. If you bet that game, good luck. I'll just say that. Good luck. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It, it, then normally that would be such a big rivalry to talk about, but as of now, no. Um, but going well, back Florida to. Florida giving up 25 a game. That's what kind of throws you off, but keep going. What were you going to say? Um, back to, though, the, the Mississippi State-Kentucky, okay? Mississippi State's off to a good start to year 5-1, and one, probably the best team Mike Leach has had, and they're minus four at Kentucky. I think that is letting you know that yeah. Will Levis won't play. So, unless that changes, I think Mississippi State, again, who's could be honestly a better team than Kentucky, with their starting quarterback in, I would love that bet. I might, I might go bet that today, because you saw South Carolina beat them, and South Carolina's been having a rough year. So unless if, if you can find out Levis is for sure out, I, I'd call that my lock of the week because Mississippi State's been having a hell of a year. He's got those boys playing. They they did have – their only time they've lost is because they blew a halftime lead to LSU, um, at LSU. So I think that's a – They that second half too. They did. They did. I, but I think that's a great value bet if you know Levis is out. I would take Mississippi State to the window. Um I, I suppose maybe maybe wait don't maybe don't do it today because you got to hear an injury yeah, reports but I I love that bet though if if Levis stays out in college do they I mean you know the pros try to hide it as best they can but college they could just I mean they could bring in a transfer and start them you know like who the hell is this guy I don't even know this guy you know like it's tough you really yeah well and, and some of those coaches what's that. Well, and some of those coaches are kind of really shady too. Like Sark at Texas, like he literally doesn't even talk about injury is injured yeah, players at all. Get away with it because it's privacy. Yeah. They're true. Crazy. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. So it, it is kind of hard. You could even see him warming up and all that, and he's like, "Oh no, they're not playing." You're like, what the hell, dude? You know? Yeah, yeah true. Because Arkansas got me last week, dude. I, I was smiling from ear to ear with my plus seven. Well, and, and KJ Jefferson on Twitter, yeah. he was suited up and came out. Yep. No. But he, 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 didn't, he didn't play a snap. Thursday night. I was like, okay. They're just uh-huh. playing a little game. That's all. Yeah, they played yeah. the game. All right. um, yeah, they wanted the team to keep watching KJ tapes, you know, <laughs> basically. Um, all right, crafty, crappy pick of the week. Where are we at and where are we going for this week, sir? We are getting on a plane. We're getting on a where plane. Where are we at, I'm saying? 
Oh, we are five, five and one. one. Five and one on the year. Wisconsin took care of business. Five and one. The boys are hot. And we look to stay hot. As we get on a plane and leave Madison, Wisconsin, we will take about, I would guesstimate, a seven and a half hour flight to the native land of Hawaii. We're going to Honolulu to the Clarence I mean, T.C. Ching. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. The Clarence T.C. Ching Athletics Complex. That might be the longest stadium we've ever had talked about in Honolulu. Weather's looking at 84 degrees, which I'm sure is beautiful over there. You got the ocean breeze. Tickets are 23 bucks. And you have the Nevada Wolfpack, who are not a good football team. Not a good football team. Playing against Hawaii, who also is not a good football team. This Hawaii team who got literally ran out the gym, ran out the island against Vandy this year. What does my co-host say about this beautiful 10.59 Central starting kickoff time? So if you're watching this one, have your vodka, whiskey, or soda, or pizza, or popcorn in hand because it's going to be a late night. I love um, 59. Like, hey, it better be off by 59, bro. The, the, the spread is Nevada Wolfpack minus six. Take it I away, my I friend. I see it. I don't even see it on ESPN. Yeah, I, I, I got on bet us. Wolfpack are minus six. The over-under there is 49 and a half. What does your gut say for, I guess, technically the Sunday midnight kickoff at noon? Boy, oh, boy. I mean, and it's funny because, you know, San Diego State's not the team they were a few years back um, or when Marshall Falk went there. But, uh, or, or what's his toes, uh, LT. Um, 16 to 14, they barely lost. Nevada coming off a 17 to 14 over Colorado State. Neither team's great, um, on that level, but it is kind of frustrating. You're like, oh man, they both barely lost their last two games. Damn it. Um, now Hawaii is just giving up all sorts of points. All sorts. Uh, but to their credit, they did have to play um, Michigan. That was 56 of the points. But, man, they gave up to New Mexico State. They gave up what? God, they do suck. Um, <laughs> this one is rough. Wow. But they're giving up 40 a game, Hawaii, and they're only scoring 17 points a game. That is just really bad. Neither of them can run the ball all that well. Man, yeah, this is a perfect, perfect, just crappy game here. Um, they just played at home, so it's not that flat long of a flight. Golly, it is so tough to pick the home team in this one right now. I just got to admit it. <laughs> it is really tough to do that. Um, I'm, 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 tr- I'm thinking about it, but I'm gonna. Gonna stop, and I'm gonna go with Nevada. Wolfpack is gonna get the job done, keep this five and one going. But I don't feel too confident about it. I really don't. That 10:59 Central. Okay, so that's still pretty early over there. Yeah, I'm gonna go Nevada. Count me in for Nevada, sir. OT. And speaking of how bad of a game this is, the alumni battles are pretty awful, too. 
Um, obviously, I'm sure most people by nowadays know that Colin Kaepernick went to Nevada, and he had a nice football run there. Me and my co-host actually watched him play football in Vegas when he was on that team. Uh, Gina Carano, who is, you know, somebody you'd probably recognize from her acting and her fighting, um, was from Nevada. Javal McGee, okay, that, that's a respectable basketball player. Um, and after that, you start digging into names where I really don't, and Nick Fizikas. So when you're naming Nick Fizikas for an alumni player who is now currently playing in the B League in Japan for basketball, yeah, it, it, it gets pretty rough. Um, Hawaii, I did not recognize any names of actors or journalists or academic research people. And obviously for uh, football, you know, they had Timmy Chang and Colt Brennan. And, oh, man, this is this might be the worst. God, this is a bad alumni matchup. Um, just simply due to the fact that Nevada's had a couple of, like, relatively famous people go there, I got to tip the cap to Nevada. So I'm, again, riding with my co-host on his pick for the alumni battle. We're taking Nevada. For the crappy, crafty game of the week, we're taking Nevada. This is where two weeks in a row. Let's hope it works three. Any final notes, my friend? Sure. Well, I hope Lane Kiffin gets another W. We do not have time to break down his glorious win against Vandy, but the man's still undefeated. I hope he stays undefeated when he goes and whoop Auburn's ass. So on that note, the boys are out. Have a good one. I hope my Rocky Top uh, game wins for my good friend down here and they beat Bama. We're out tonight. Have a good one. We'll be back next Monday. Peace.